Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Lessons by the Lake, the Oswego Private Wealth Show. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. Boy, is it good to see you. Great to have you back with us. We've got Bob Adritis, Managing Director over at Oswego Private Wealth. He's standing by. He'll be joining me in just a moment, as always. And we've got a special guest also that we're going to be bringing on today's show. And that's Mr. Bob Mumford, Bob being the area director for the National Christian Foundation Northwest. We've got a really interesting conversation teed up for you guys today, and I want to frame it up this way. You know, if you're a frequent listener or viewer of the show, you know that Bob Bedritus and I, we've been talking a lot about charitable giving. That's a big part of his wealth management process and the conversations that he's having with his clients. Well, today we're going to be diving back into that topic of charitable giving, specifically charitable, charitable giving for business owners. You know, what are the advantage of, advantages of this process? How does it play out for a business owner? What are all the variables at play throughout it? There's a lot that we're going to be unpacking in today's discussion. And we're really excited to, to get Bob Adritus' input as well as Mr. Bob Mumford's input. All right, so that being said, let's go ahead and bring Bob Adritus out and get right into today's discussion. Bob, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing today? Yeah, great to see you, Ryan. It's great to see you too. And, and I was thinking maybe we should retitle the show from Lessons by the lake to lessons with the bobs today so <laughs> i love it i love it that's pretty apropos for today but uh we've got a great discussion queued up i'm excited bob mumford's joining us uh bob i know you've got an existing relationship with bob mumford so i'll let you kind of carry that conversation moving forward to dive into this topic of charitable giving so with that take it away yeah thank you so much yeah i'm so excited to have bob on the show today bob is the area director as, as you had mentioned of national christian foundation and NCF has been around since 1982. They have over $15 billion in, in grants. Uh, they serve, uh, they have a staff of 300 people. They've been, uh, you know, in over 40 years and they, they represent and help fund 71,000 charities uh, throughout the United States. And Bob uh, runs the show here in the Pacific Northwest and uh, does a terrific job. And um, I'd love to in, in, uh, say, Bob Mumford, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob. I'm glad to be with you. Yeah. Well, Bob, let me just, let me start out by asking you, uh, how did you get involved with charitable giving? Well, you know, it started about 2002, really. I'd been uh, involved with Young Life for a long time as a volunteer, never as staff. Um, and a friend through Young Life introduced me to this thing called the Donor Advice Fund that... Uh, I'd never heard of before back uh, and my wife and I had a, a lot of uh, publicly traded stock that had appreciated and uh, through the donor advice fund that we had with Schwab at the time, we learned that uh, we can give stock and get a double benefit out of it, get the full fair market value deduction plus avoid capital gain tax, which was really exciting to us here in Oregon, where we're one of the third, we're the third highest capital gain tax rate in the country. So I got really excited about that. And then over time, um, I've been around that for quite a while. I learned about National Christian Foundation and uh, they invited me to come uh, invite others into the world of maximizing their charitable giving uh, to build the kingdom of God. So that's how I got involved. Well, well, that's, that's fantastic. So, so specifically then when we're talking about business owners and those who are either in the, 
in the beginning stages or those who are involved right now about the either the exit planning for their business or the succession planning for their business, what are the benefits to a business owner to consider non-cash giving, uh, you know, maybe even their part of their business uh, interests? Yeah, so similar to what I shared about publicly traded stock, you know, the same thing really applies for an appreciated value in a business. So um, if somebody gives, you know, part of their business to a charity like National Christian Foundation or any other charity, they would get a full fair market value deduction based on the appraisal of the value of the business. And then at the same time, when it sells, they would actually avoid the capital gain tax at the charities. The charity would not be paying capital gain tax on their portion of the ownership of those shares. So, Bob, that's really that's really interesting. And, you know, here at Oswego Private Wealth, we like to say that we exist for the benefit of our, our clients, the business owners, to help them take care of the people that they love to give generously to the causes they care about and to live a life of amazing significance. So outside of the tax ramifications, which are also positive in giving this sort of a gift, what are some of the other benefits of the business owner? And of course, I think we start our starting point is uh, we need to have charitable intent. This is not just a tax loophole or tax gimmick in order to uh, reduce taxes, which is a great benefit of it all. But what about the involvement in the charity? What happens pre-planning? Uh, during the gift and post planning, what uh, maybe you could even talk about some of your clients and some of the some of the things they've experienced through that process. Bob, that's a super point. Um, the way we put it is, if somebody is doing a charitable gift of their business just to avoid taxes, uh, that's a really bad idea because the amount of detail and complexity we call it complex gifts because. There's complexity to it. There's all there's five major volumes of small print IRS code just around charitable giving. Um, so we have to dive into really a ton of detail. And if somebody's doing it just to receive a tax benefit, they're going to get exhausted from that. If they have a mindset that says, wow, I really want to change the world. I want to have a legacy of impacting um, the God's image bearers, you know, around the world, whether it's local, national, or global. Um, this is an incredible opportunity for them to really maximize the impact that they get to have them and future generations of their family. Um, so starting with that mindset, the generosity mindset, then all of a sudden we can look at, okay, what would happen if we make a strategic gift of shares of your company and what would the tax savings be for you um, that would maximize the amount of money you have isolated to give away to charity over time? Um, so yes, I am in full agreement that charitable mindset, generosity mindset is really critical when somebody, when a business owner is going to consider this kind of transaction. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot, you cannot minimize the impact uh, to the kingdom, to, to God's work around the world and the, the kinds of things that the, the gifts actually do. That's the better, the benefit of all of this. So is timing essential? Uh, when should pre-planning conversations begin? You say our business owners thinking, 
you know, like so many of us in this complex world we live in, um, a lot of my clients and a lot of people I talk to all the time are, are, are beginning to talk about exiting a little sooner than they originally had planned. Uh, we don't have to, we don't even have to mention, but I will, that, you know, going through COVID and supply chain issues and regulatory issues and employment issues and tariffs and taxes, regulation, everything is going, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, this might not just be as, as, as fun for me anymore. And of course, uh, of course, maybe it was just part of the plan all along. So the question, I, I guess, in a long-winded way is, is when should the pre-planning begin? What is the time, what does the timing of this look like for the business owner? Great point, Bob. The um, another thing I might add to that uh, that's uh, accelerated people's timeline, business owners' timeline, has been the availability of capital. Um, the private equity world has been incredibly active over the last number of years, particularly when interest rates are really low. That was giving them access to capital, and all of a sudden, offers were coming to business owners at valuations they had never dreamt of. Um, so there's been a lot of reasons that people have had accelerated liquidation events coming. And, and the timing of a gift to charity uh, is really critical. So as you can imagine, when somebody starts considering a liquidation event, that's when we get, a, we get calls a lot from generous business owners. Um, and what's super important, really, really important for your, for your business owner clients to know is that you must complete a gift of shares to a charity before a purchase sale agreement is signed. What that means is anything that's binding to the transaction, if once there's a binding agreement that's signed, uh, IRS has said that's a line in the sand, you cannot gift that asset to charity and at that point, you're limited to just giving cash after the transaction. So you miss out on a lot of the, the big um, tax saving opportunities. So before the purchase sale agreement is signed, that's really critical. And as far as a fact pattern would be concerned too, the earlier, the better. Um, typically, if you're gonna sell in 2023, let's say, you know, it's better to give in 2022 then in 2023 now we have people that give in the same year and they sell in the same year and that happens but um it is a uh, advisable to give in a different year than the year that you, you liquidate the company wow that's that's really interesting and so i know there's there, as you mentioned the tax code and everything there's a, probably a lot of documentation that needs to be ensured that it's in order ahead of time uh could you speak a little bit to that and and i'm sure you probably have some stories of uh, things you've seen gone very very well and some things that maybe were less than perfect yes we've had um yeah we had a business owner actually uh he had an llc that held real estate and he uh, uh, he pictured this being um, that the only option he had was to do a cash transaction after he sold his business for three and a half million dollars. And when I started describing the tax benefits and the amount of money he could maximize for charity, he was like, "No, there's no way that 
there's there's that's too good to be true and i um finally i got him to the point where he realized wait there's really a amazing opportunity here that's completely above board um completely encouraged by the irs and the in our government um he got very excited and then and then we got we dove into the detail and uh as he said it's like boy, you're asking for everything down to my waist size. And I'm like, yeah, I know it, we, and it's really important because we are, we have a legal team and anybody else who's doing this kind of work, we'd have a legal team that's actually reviewing documents far more in detail than you as the owner have ever reviewed. For example, an operating agreement, we have to get the operating agreement because the operating agreement will tell us whether it's um, within its corporate structure to gift shares to a charity. And uh, shockingly, a number of operating agreements have to be changed before they can make a gift to charity. So that's the kind of detail that we're going to get into. We're going to need um, shareholder agreements, cap tables, whole number of things that we have on a list for the for the business owners, so they have to really see that there's a big financial benefit to doing this before they're going to dive into that kind of detail. But what we have found is their CPAs, their wealth advisors, their estate planning attorneys are critical um, advisors that we work with directly to help them gather the information that we need to have to complete the gift. Well, th thank you. And then you had mentioned appraisal requirements. And I assume that that's something that um, a lot of these things are things the business owner who still has business to run might procrastinate a little bit. But I, I assume your um, your answer would be do not procrastinate, get get involved early in this process of uh, getting these uh, getting this bundle together, if you will. Yes, correct. The earlier, the better. Um, if you're considering making a charitable gift, the sooner you do that. Um, in advance of any potential liquidation, uh, the better. Um, I will say on an appraisal, it's very interesting um, in the sense that you would think you would have to have the appraisal done before a gift to charity is made, but it's actually a very interesting nuance in IRS code that you can have an appraisal anywhere between 60 days before the gift is made to charity and any time after the gift is made um, up to the time you file your taxes. So for example, if somebody gifts in October of 2022, they could have an appraisal that would have been as early as September 1st of 2022 before the gift or even next April. But the, but the appraisal is as of the date of the gift. And the appraisal community uh, knows that. They know how to appraise the business based on the date that the gift was made. And that's what the IRS requires. So yeah, they have a lot of flexibility in appraisal that I didn't realize when I came into this, into this role. Well, that's really interesting. And you've been alluding to the, the team, uh, that this is really a team sport. And you need a, a number of people around. You need a CPA, the estate planning attorney, uh, an appraiser, uh, National Ch uh, Christian Foundation, wealth manager, 
what does that team look like? How do you see the interactions among the team members? Very interesting. We have, I'll just use the National Christian Foundation as an example. We have a gift planning uh, attorney team that's on our staff. And then we have due diligence attorneys that are on our staff as well. And our attorney will often meet with the business owner's business attorney. Then they will also meet with their CPA to, um, and, and often they will be on the, the call with us um, when we're doing a call with our gift planning attorney. So we'll do a gift illustration so they can see kind of how this, how the economics are going to play out of this potential gift, say of 20% of their business or 30% of their business. Um, and then their, you know, their wealth advisor, CPA and the state planning attorney typically will meet together with the business owner to advise what the, what they see, what the downsides are, what the positives are of doing this gift. And I can honestly tell you 99% of the time it's, you know, they're just blown away by the opportunity for the business owner, especially if they know the business owner is a generous, has a generous mindset that this is something when they see, hey, I'm going to have $500,000 less in my personal checking account, but I'm going to have $2 million more in my charitable checking account called a donor advice fund. Um, you know, the typical advisor would say that's a bad idea. You're losing $500,000, but the advisor that knows their client looks at their personal checking account and their charitable checking account together, they get super excited because all of a sudden they lost 500,000 in a personal checking account, but they gained 1.5 million to give away to the kingdom. That business owner gets very excited. Well, and, and, and as you as mentioned, the word legacy, um, this is where children and grandchildren and, and the whole tribe can be involved and you're really passing those values down to, to, to future generations through your generous mindset, your generous heart as you move on. Um, let's get in the weeds just a little, a little, little bit, Bob. So you had mentioned donor advised funds. I know this is very customized with your expert team involved and uh, the other advisors the client has. Uh, one size doesn't fit all. I know you can, you can certainly look at a direct gift to a charity. You can look at a private foundation, donor advised fund. Uh, we get involved um, time to time, uh, fairly often actually, with charitable remainder trusts. Can you talk a little bit about different strategies and where you see them fitting in? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, the private foundation world was really the primary way those with wealth isolated money for charity up till 1982 when the IRS issued a a uh, letter ruling that created this concept of a donor advice fund. So donor advice funds have really only been around for about 40 years. And um, so now you've got a private foundation still is a fantastic tool. If you want to have um, uh, relatives involved and paid by the foundation, uh, the private foundation is a great tool for that. Um, Private Foundation gives you um, way more control. You have a board that's actually making, that you assign and you get to make all the calls on that. Whereas Donor Advice Fund, you are not, uh, you are not on the board um, and you are submitted to making grants based on the grant policy of 
that donor advice fund, whether it's Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, National Christian Foundation. Um, the beauty of a donor advice fund for people is it's low cost. I mean, the amount of cost involved in running a private foundation is significant um, because of the IRS regulations around it. And where a donor advice fund, in essence, we're pooling a bunch of different little foundations around the country into one pool. We can use economics of scale to lower that cost for everybody. Um, but there's other tools like a charitable remainder trust is a super tool for somebody who needs income. So in that situation, and I'm sure Bob, you, this would be another podcast potentially, but the CRT is uh, the common vernacular for it, allows somebody to put a chunk of money into a vehicle that their attorney would set up for them. And then they can get a deduction and it's usually about, you know, roughly 40 to 50% of the, of the gift that you can put in the money you put into this charitable or major trust. And then you will receive typically 5% or a 7% distribution every year for the rest of your life. Um, or the life of the beneficiary. So sometimes people would make that for their mother or their uh, spouse or their children. They, they've got different people that they can name and it becomes a really nice tool if you need the income. Um, the outcome is typically not nearly as beneficial as it is to make a 100% gift to charity because you don't get the full deduction. Um, but if you need the income, CRT is a fantastic, beautiful tool. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank, thanks for answering that. Well, as we wind down this show today, Bob, um, uh, what did I forget to ask you or what did I neglect to ask you or what else, uh, what parting thoughts do you want to, to leave our audience with today? Well, I would say one thing to keep in mind for business owners is uh, the time to consider this. If you want to isolate more money for charity than you ever thought possible, the time that we get a lot of calls is when they are getting ready. They're thinking about selling their business. But I do want to highlight another place that is really advantageous for business owners is to have income. Uh, if Especially if you have an S corporation, you can actually gift shares to charity and the K-1 income that's generated um, that comes to NCF is received at a greatly reduced income tax rate. So we pay 40%. If we are getting income from the business, we pay 40% of the taxes that the, that the business owner would pay. So that becomes another really effective way for them to isolate money for charity while they have their money held in the asset. You know, the IRS has, has shown that um, this is an IRS stat, not a NCF stat, that 90% uh, of the wealth is held in assets, not in cash, but 80% of all giving is made in cash. So the question is how do we unlock all these assets to make them available for charitable giving. 
and um, giving non-cash assets like business shares is a very effective way of doing it. So I just, I guess I would leave that with your uh, listeners um, and that Bob Bedritus would be a great place to start, you know, as a wealth advisor for you if you're considering doing a charitable gift to, uh, of your business to charity. Yeah, uh, thank thank you, Bob. And you know that you make such a such a vital point that most giving is in cash, while most of the assets are in hard assets. And what while utilizing these strategies with your very uh, expert team and and other advisors, you really magnify the charitable gifts. The client really magnifies their charitable gifts by a multiple by multiples of just cash giving. And I think that's the probably one of the number one things I want our listeners to take away today on how, what an effective, leveraged, magnifying tool it is to to work with you guys and to go through this process. Uh, Bob, thank you so much. You've been very generous with your time and and uh, your knowledge. And uh, really appreciate that you took the time to be on our show today. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Gentlemen, great conversation today. Really appreciate it. And, and just to hit on this one more time, you know, if for anybody out there in our audience, if this conversation resonated with you today, and maybe you yourselves are even thinking about, you know, maybe leveraging your business in some way, shape or form to move into charitable giving, to look into maybe the different strategies and solutions that you could utilize within charitable giving. And, you know, you're interested in maybe reaching out to Bob Dreitus and his team to just open up a dialogue about how that might work for you and your business. Bob, what would be the best way that somebody could go ahead and get in touch with you and your team to, like I said, open up a dialogue? Uh, start at our website, oswegoprivatewealth.com. Um, all of our contact information is on there. A lot more information about, about the work that we do and who, you know, the team that we have. Uh, and that would be the best way to, to, to reach me. Fantastic. All right. Well, again, to the Bobs, appreciate you guys both for being a part of the show today. And of course, as always, we want to thank you guys. And that's our audience for jumping aboard and being a part of the conversation today. If you took anything away from it, you benefited from today's conversation, do us a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the show, whichever platform you checked us out on today and share this information with any friends, family, any business owners, anybody really that you think would benefit from these conversations. You've probably heard me say it once and I'll say it again. That is, we're taking the same strategies, solutions, and ultimately conversations that Bob is having with his clients over at Oswego Private Wealth. And we're bringing them right here to you guys on this show we've got a lot of great topics queued up in episodes to come a lot of great guests like bob mumford here today that are going to be joining us in future episodes and we would hate to have you miss out on any of that potentially beneficial information so be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss out on an episode so for the bobs i'm ryan ruff we're going to go ahead and say so long but we appreciate you guys joining us on today's installment of lessons by the lake Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. No strategy assures success or protects against loss.